Good morning, church. Good morning, church online. Glad you guys are here. Turn with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, verses 14 to 17. Today, the true faith we're talking about produces works. Uh, and this is not the works that we need for for faith and for grace. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But true faith produces works. So read with me verses 14 to 17 of chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So James has, has been leading up to all this. We're going to talk about it a lot more. That if you have faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, there is going to be a change in your life. And in that change is the way you speak, the way you act, the things you do, the way you treat others. And those are the works. Uh, so there is some evidence of your faith by the way you treat others. There should be some proof, some fruit, something in your life that says, hey, I'm a Christ follower. He is my Lord and Savior. And so things are different in my life. But James is like, if you don't have that, if you don't have works, your faith is worthless. So you know what I had to do today, right? Or for today, I had to Google things that are worthless. Uh, because there's a lot of things worthless, right? We could probably spend a few minutes talking about worthless things uh, in our life, in our culture. The number one thing that came up that I found is a book. Now, books are good things. You should read books all the time, correct? But this book was on the most epic YouTube videos ever. Like, I don't want a book about that. Send me the link. I want to see the video. Uh, now, I'm sure there's stats and different things about it. Because actually, you know, I used to get the world records. Do you guys remember that with the Scholastic Book Fair? You go go get the world record. Because I guess you didn't see those happen, and so you see. But YouTube, I have access to. Give me the video. Don't have a book about it. Here's another thing, especially for my golf game, which is non-existent anyway. But you can actually buy camouflage golf balls. What good is that? A camouflage, um, I need, I need like neon orange, neon yellow with a beeper, like a sound, something to f- help me find the golf ball that's anywhere but the green or fairway at all. Uh, also diet water. Have you guys ever seen a bottle of diet water? Like what may, what they pull out of it to make it more diet? I have no idea. Um, now I'm, I love watching foreign, foreign, Foreign films, foreign TV shows on Netflix. Okay, so there's the subtitles. And some of the interesting ones are when it's in one language, dubbed in another language, and then you have the subtitles. And so even what they're trying to say in English doesn't match up to subtitles. But why in the world, if a character is bawling their eyes out, that it says crying in Spanish? Well, I know they're crying. Like, that's the same thing I do in English. Okay, so that's worthless. Um... And I, ha- I didn't give this one to 8.30, so I'll give it to you guys. Sorry, 8.30, if you're watching the second time. What is the most useless shape? It's a circle because it's pointless. I know. I know. Here's my other one. 
eBay is useless. Sometimes it's okay, but eBay is useless because I looked up lighters and all I found was 13,239 matches. I'll just leave that right there. Thank you. Debbie came through again for me. All right, so things that are worthless, those are in fun, those are in jest, but James is talking serious stuff. If our faith is worthless, if it is dead, like he says in verse 17, we've got a problem. Uh, We've got a big time problem if our faith is not where it needs to be and the outcropping of that faith in our life, evident with what is going on in our life, there needs to be some evidence that Christ is at work in our life. So he says, faith without works, and this is not works-based faith, but it is faith-based works, okay? Paul was all about works doesn't save you, it's grace, it's Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Galatians 2, verse 16. Actually, go to Galatians 2, 16 and Ephesians chapter 2. So Galatians 2, 16 says, Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ Jesus. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So Paul is here saying we can't be justified by works. James is is saying you don't have true faith without works, So, but they're different. The, the clarification on works is where we need to be. So Paul's works were works of the law. Uh, it is the law of Moses that if you try to follow to the to every letter and every bit of it, you're going to fail. And that's not where we have justification. It is through faith in Christ Jesus and Christ alone, not the law. James is saying after we have faith in Christ Jesus... There's nothing but works that should come out of our life. So that's where the clarification is. Turn with me now to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. Here's Paul explaining again grace and faith dependent on Christ Jesus, not works. But then he goes on to verse 10. So Ephesians 2, actually 8 through 10. Let me read that to you. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So now here James is saying the same thing, or Paul is saying the same thing as James is. Faith by, or grace, our faith is in Christ Jesus by his grace, and then works comes out of that faith. And so Paul is in agreement, so it's very clear that we need faith in Christ Jesus, Christ alone. Out of that faith comes works. Now, verse 10 really hit me this week um, as we're going through. Let me look at verse 10 again of Ephesians chapter 2. That phrase in there that says, which God prepared beforehand, these works that God prepared beforehand. And I'm like, wait a second. So even my actions today, God has already planned out. Today, Sunday, the 17th of January. The things I'm going to do in the name of Jesus, he's already planned out. And then I sat there thinking, whoa, look at all that we've been going through this last year. 
our COVID-ridden existence. All of 2020, thank you, is gone. Of course, 2021 doesn't start too much greater. But think about that. And, and we're frustrated and we're anxious and we're depressed and life is not the same. And all these things, are, we're worried for our children and their generation, our grandchildren and their generation. But yet here's a promise from God that even our works have been planned by him. We are here for today because God has a work for us to do in our faith, in our life, for whatever is going on in this world. This world needs us. And it is clear that that our faith in Jesus Christ has prepared us for today, going to prepare us for tomorrow, going to prepare us for whatever next few years, decades, however long God gives us in this life, that he has already planned out these good works. So we need to be obedient and absolutely hopeful for all that God has allowed us to, to be a part of. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I know he's going to bring Jesus. I know he's going to bring the work that God has for me to do tomorrow. So I am nothing but hopeful and overjoyed. And then you're sitting there saying, well, Pastor Randy, life's not that easy. I can't handle this. This is overwhelming. Anyone feel overwhelmed lately? I have. Um, let me read to you my favorite verse, and then we'll, we'll kind of get back into James. One of my favorite passages is 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. And it says, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested, shown, demonstrated in our bodies and our lives and our works. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We should just wrap up now, but we will carry on. So here's Paul or James saying in faith, there's got to be works. There's got to be something. And in verse 14, he says, can that kind of faith without works save him? And the answer is no. Now, that's the scary part. If we do not have the right faith, if we do not have the right picture of what it means to have faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then we don't have the right faith. There's something missing. So let's clarify what true faith, a saving faith is. And because a worthless faith, faith, a dead faith, has eternal consequences. Uh, And we need to make sure that we're right in our faith with Jesus Christ and our loved ones and our neighbors and those around us to understand what it really means. So understanding that we are sinners, we have no access to God the Father because of our sin, we have no way to get to him, and man tries through religion, through different beliefs and whatever to try to get to God, and we can't make it. It's only through Jesus Christ and his shed blood that allowed us into a right relationship with God is by the shed blood of Jesus Christ that our sins are forgiven, wiped clean, and it's through him rising again from the dead that we have eternal life and access to God the Father. That is the faith that we have. That is the Jesus that we need to have faith in, the Holy Spirit at work in our life, God the Father wanting access or allowing access for us to be in a right relationship with him. That is our faith. It is nothing that we can do. Back to Ephesians 2, it's a gift from God. 
We didn't have to earn it. We can't earn it. And we can't have, to, we don't have to continue to earn it. Uh, we get all God all the time when we accept Him as Lord and Savior. And what about that word? Lord and Savior, Savior and Lord, you will hear me say that all the time. Because there's two important elements to our faith. There's Jesus Christ, our Savior. Okay, we get our ticket to heaven. We're pulled out of the pit of hell. We have, we have a way to heaven. That is the Savior part of Christ Jesus. But what about the Lord part? I remember way back when, and I should have looked at it in between services, I remember learning this as if your life is all filled into a circle and you'd write the school you went to and the job you had and your family, but inside that circle, there is a throne. And who is at the throne of your life? If Jesus Christ is Lord, he's King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He needs to be on that throne of our life. A lot of times we kind of try to push him off a little bit or take back some some control, or maybe that's me, absolutely me. But if Jesus Christ is Lord of our life, he's in charge, guess what happens to our life? There's a change that's going to happen. Out of that change of Christ at work, the Holy Spirit empowering us by God the Father, we are, our lives are going to look different. God is going to mold us and make us to look more like Jesus. That doesn't just happen within the four walls of this building. Doesn't just happen when you pull on to 10045 Bunker Hill. It's everywhere we go. God is at work all the time. And so who is, who truly is Lord of your life? And as Christ followers, He is. Now, are we successful at that? No. Do we blow it all the time? Absolutely. But that's the Lord, the Lordship of Christ in our life. Knowing that He is in control. And so many times in witnessing, I've used the word boss. Who's boss of your life? If you have boss, of, if someone is a, in charge of your life, then your life should look different. And we can't help but show the love of Jesus in our life because of what he is doing in our heart. And our lives are transformed. Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. God is at work. There's a change that's going to happen, and that's what James is talking about. Our works, if we have a faith in Christ, works, our words, our actions, everything is going to look different. And so James, of course, gives an illustration. It's not a pop quiz this time because it's a little blatant how wrong the situation is. Look at verse 15 and 16. And here is a situation where James talks about a brother and sister who is poorly clothed, lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, ah, just go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body. What good is that? So here's even, here's even a work situation that this person had a chance to help a brother and sister, and they didn't. Well, they were nice about it, but they sure didn't help, did they? And how many times are we a little bit put off or like too busy and I don't want to deal with your situation You're like well I'll pray for you when in fact remember God kind of prepared these works ahead of time for you what if that was a situation that God wanted you to do a work in their life maybe you were the answer to that prayer for this brother and sister so how willing are we to help and to serve others and to live out this faith that we have 
And I thought about that with our church. We have a beautiful building. We have amazing worship. We have okay preaching. We have Bible study available. We do ministries galore. We have amazing children's and youth ministries. And anything that we do, we try to do our best. But what good is it if there's not love involved? What good is it if we are not pursuing the love of God in our life? What good is it if we are not loving each other? What good is it if we are not loving our neighbor and our community with what God has given us? And so be aware of opportunities to serve. Uh, because it's easy to put on the right show, to show up dressed to the nines and looking good and putting on the good face of a Christian. But it's it's more than just in here. It's what happens out there. More importantly, it's what happens in here. Our heart. It's got to be changed. It is changed. Um, God is at work and we need to continue to be willing to allow him to work. So faith without works is dead. James kind of ends with a downer. Verse 17, like it's not just worthless. Your faith is dead. There is nothing to it. There is nothing that is good about this faith if you do not have works going on in your life. Now, I don't want everyone stressing out thinking, oh, I had an opportunity last week and I didn't serve this person. I kind of fluffed them off. That's going to happen. Uh, that is going to happen a lot. But it's our mindset. It's our, it's a growth, a faith growth process, is it not? We're not going to, when we accept Christ as Savior and Lord, He has full reign completely and we're, you know, these super Christians. No, it's a process. And that's the beauty of our faith. That's the beauty of our relationship with God that we're not quite there yet because He wants us to keep looking for Him in our life. Uh, and he could give us all the, the necessary tools, all the necessary attitudes and opportunities and succeed. But we're going to fall. We're going to stumble. We are still his children. And he is continuing to work on us because I tell you, we're going to continue to look back and see how far we've come. And I know I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Who to thunk five months ago? that I would have a blast preaching to you guys every week. That time Sunday, I think I told you guys that, I was a little jealous of Randy covering for me that Sunday. Right? You know, if you knew me at all over these last few years, oh, preaching, I don't know. You know, and I didn't know. It wasn't, I wasn't against it. But I allow God to kind of work through my life and my heart. And here we are. <laughs> Y'all stuck with me now. But... Thank you. But we've got to, God's going to mold us and make us. May 2021 blow our minds with what God does for us. In us and through us, through our church, through our, our lives, there's amazing things ahead. And God has it all prepared, all planned out, and we better be obedient. We better, if I'm not obedient, y'all have the right to call me out. But we've got to be obedient to God and what he has for us. And so let me end with this. Let me read to you John 15, 5. Because our faith is dead. If, if a vine is dead, if a plant is dead that's supposed to yield fruit, there's nothing going to grow on it. And we talked about our works and outward showing. Our, is Christ at work in our, in our lives bearing fruit? John fifteen five says, I am the vine and you are the branches. 
Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And here's the good news. It's Christ at work in us. Like I said, don't be discouraged. We've got to just continue to allow Christ to work in us. And through Christ at work, through the Holy Spirit, we will bear fruit. So speaking of fruit, here's my homework for you. Sometime this week, go to Galatians 5, 22 to 23. This is the fruit of the Spirit. I've done this with the youth a lot. I listed out the fruit of the Spirit with a scale of 1 to 10. You you were supposed to rate how fruity you are. Okay? So you look at each fruit. You're like, 1, I'm failing. 10, I'm succeeding. So let me just read to you and I'll close with this. Because this is part of allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. This outcropping, this fruit, these works that come into our life. Here's a list. So if you're thinking, well, how am I doing with the works thing? Come to this list and take a look. Now, some of them are a little intimidating and a little convicting. So the fruit of the Spirit is love. We've talked about that a lot. Joy. Peace. Patience. Do I have to say that one, God? Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Against such things there is no law. And remember, we this is only possible because of the work of God in our life. Allowing Christ Jesus to be Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit to work. And man, does he have a lot of work to do in me. But all of us, right? So let's be faith believers in Christ Jesus and Christ alone, who allows God to be at work in our lives, allows our works to reflect that. Let's be a church that it is blatantly obvious that we love Jesus and we love everyone that comes here and everywhere that we go that we love on because of Jesus. So as a reminder this morning of how much it takes to not only claim Christ Jesus, confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, but it's believing in your heart and calling him Lord and allowing him to be Lord of your life. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for... This opportunity this morning to to see what a privilege and honor it is to be your children, uh, to be your sons and daughters, because you have not only just called us to heaven when we died, but you have called us to great works here on this earth, in the lives of our families, and at work, at school, everywhere that we go. Uh, that we continue to shine your light in this very dark world who desperately needs you. Father, I pray that you open our hearts and open our minds to the opportunities to serve you and serve others. And when we serve others, it's serving you and worshiping you and loving you. Father, thank you for this time and this amazing family that we get to call church. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.